0: Pulp MX Network
1: Production. Pulp fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code Pulp at BTOSports.com and click the Amazon banner on
0: PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOSports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing
2: Welcome to the BTO Sports.com racer RacerX podcast, High Point Wrap Up, Mount Morris Wrap Up, whatever you want to call it. Welcome everybody to the podcast. appreciate it. BTO Sports.com. use the code PULPMX when you're checking out to save yourself money. Uh, you can save 10, 15% on your purchase um, with uh, the code PULPMX. BTO Sports.com, official sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM team with Shorty and Brayton. And uh, we thank those guys, all new website, mobile phone friendly. Uh, Like I said, they even got OEM parts, people. So whatever you need, btosports.com has had it. And we thank them for making this show and all the shows that we do uh, so popular. Uh, We couldn't do without them. So btosports.com. Fox Racing, presented by uh, foxhead.com, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Flex Air stuff out now, 2015, uh, summer vented stuff is out there, and uh, some of the best looking stuff uh, around, foxhead.com, visit local authorized Fox dealer. If your dealer doesn't carry Fox, you might want to ask him what's what's wrong with them, and uh, we thank Fox for, uh, for coming on. All right, High Point, Mount Morris, whatever you want to call it. I'm Steve Mathis, with me on the line, my boss, the voice of American motocross, and the RacerX online editor and the TV voice of the ATV series and the TV voice of the Endurocross series, the Jason Wygant.
1: GNCC also don't forget ATVs and bikes.
2: I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. So yeah. ATV yeah. quad racing, GNCC quads and bikes, Endurocross, and motocross. Right. Yeah. Motocross a little side thing. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Your passion is really in the quad yeah. racing.
1: I'm telling you, this season has actually been really good and a pretty uh, exciting points battle. You want to get into that?
2: No, no, I don't. But <laughs> okay. But but thank you. Um, also on the line, uh, he's Hawking Fly Racewear across the country, uh, former top privateer, former Montreal Supercross winner, former German Supercross champion, the Jason Thomas.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, going to depend on you guys a little bit. I mean, I have you know the interesting thing is I have a different perspective on the races than you guys do, so. Well, it's uh, be fun for me to see what I, you know, my opinions of the race from the TV versus
2: actually being there. Weej, maybe we should just call up Jimmy.
1: We pretty much have that. It's 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 like blackmail in its own way on JT. Like you need to snap him in line. You just mentioned mm-hmm. we got Jimmy. It's like um, who did uh, Daniel McCoy when? Yeah. Yeah, Ma- you Watson had him in the back of the truck uh-huh. Oh, if you don't want to race today, yeah, Clippy, Clippy, and back here. will be glad to take your ride.
2: Or how about I ditch both you guys and call up Chase Stallo and Swisscore? How about that?
1: That was epic podcasting.
2: <laughs> All right, let's get into in, let's get into high point
1: is That the one you would submit for your Emmy? You know how they have to submit one episode? Yeah, is like the end, really just yeah. on one episode of a show. Is that the one you submit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. By the way, uh, uh, speaking of that, Pulpum X show. Was one of 10 sports shows nominated for the best sports show in Stitcher app. Yeah, that's right. Send in oh. the roundtable. <laughs> send in the roundtable? Yeah. They, they wanted the best five minute clip from the past year to send them in, and I never did. So they said they'll just take the most recent show uh, if I don't send a clip in. But uh, yeah, folks. You did so, not
0: send it. You, how could you not send in the OSE clip? Well,
2: I, for one, it was only in the past year. It couldn't be, it had to be in the year 2015 or whatever. Just um, and D D V yelling at Ronnie Stewart. Yeah, that would have been good. I was just too busy to worry about it. But anyways, yeah, Pulp and Mech show nominated. Check it out, Weej. right um, nice. Hey, uh, is this race High Point or is it Mount Morris? I think we've had this discussion. Now that I say that, but you know, Ma- Morris Action called it Mount Morris forever. It's always battle at Mount Morris, the mauling up Mount Morris, uh, blah blah blah, Mount Morris. I started on the circuit in '96. I started calling it Mount Morris, and people were looking at me weird. And I'm like, well, I don't know. That's what I always read. It was called Mount Morris. But it's High Point Raceway in Mount Morris, Pennsylvania. But I, I find people call it both things, JT. It's kind of both.
0: I call it Mount Morris, but I write it as High Point because I believe the event's called the High Point. Right. You know, it's High Point Raceway, High Point National. But I, I call it Mount Morris like in my daily conversation.
2: Okay. Weege?
1: I feel like um, High Point's gone strong. I think it was nothing but Mount Morris for a long time. That's what I always thought of it when I was a when I was younger and I was going there. That's what I said. I'm going to Mount Morris, but um, I think it's moved on. I think it's become high point. I'd say 51 percent high point, 49 percent Mount Morris.
2: Okay, all right, yeah.
1: Yep. Um, but we've yeah we've had this before. Like
2: yeah,
1: last week was Muddy Creek. It wasn't Tennessee, but Thunder Valley is called Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we called Glen Helen California, but when we raced the Freestone, we called it Texas. Um, yeah, the Indiana race is called the Indiana National.
2: But it, it, very strange.
0: But the whole High Point thing came from Larry Myers and High Point Boots, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So yeah, well, it realistically shouldn't be High Point anymore because the boot company has gone the way it, of the Dodo Bird. Yeah,
1: but supposedly the deal is um, they were going to be the title sponsor of the track, and then they decided not to, so they added like High Point Boots were spelled H-I Point.
2: Right. So they added the GH
1: to separate it because they'd already done most of the
2: work. Can you imagine showing up at High Point in '88 if you were Jeff Stanton wearing High Point gear and boots, and you were you were High Point's number one athlete? You were number eight in the in the sta- in the standings on a factory Yamaha, and you were at the High Point National. Like you must have just been. You know how Red Bull gets the prime parking spot now? Monster used to get it, and then Rockstar used to get it, depending on who sponsors the nationals. You know the prime Bradshaw Boulevard parking spot. I would imagine yep. that was all Stanton. That was just Stanton in 88, just in his box van, just parked there.
1: It, it hung a couple jerseys over the windshield.
2: Yeah, exactly. off. I uh, mean kind of like fly racing cool. now? Yeah, why, why doesn't uh, – I was actually surprised, JT, the politics of the sport being what it is. The fly racing motorhome uh, and the Teddy Parks experience was buried down in the hole in High Point, I figured uh, it would be. Yeah, they're a racing team, though. That's not really. Yeah. not associated. But you know how this goes with the parking and everything. It's very.
0: Yeah, but that's based on like point standings,
2: so it's a little different. Oh, so you're telling me that if if Dunge hadn't been number one, he wouldn't have got that spot along Bradshaw Boulevard. The Red Bull KTM team.
0: Uh, well, parking. I don't know how else to tell you. Parking is based on point standings, so I don't know mm-hmm. what else you want.
2: Okay. All right.
0: It is. I yeah. didn't hear really this.
2: Mm. Well,
0: how come mm. it's prioritized mm. by points? Mm. Well, like that's up how up. we've always been. Because Forrest, you know, back before Forrest Race Team was on the level it's at now, there was always a battle. And Forrest, was like, hey, we, we, I really need you to try to get some points here. We, it, you know, it was always about
2: parking, always parking, here, parking, parking, parking. Here's where it is. It's points based on points. If you're not a sponsor, but if you're a sponsor, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ted Parks is not a sponsor. No, no, I'm, I no, but I'm saying in general cases, like the parking people fall back on whatever works for them, for where they want to park you. Park you, you know what I mean? Like if they park you in a bad spot, they go, "Oh, it's because of points." And if you uh, if you get parked in a good spot, it's, oh, because you're a sponsor. And it, or or if you say, "Hey, they're not, they're we're ahead of them in points. Why are they there? Oh, they're a sponsor. Whatever works, I think, is what gets pulled out of the hat for parking. The pit hmm.
1: at High Point, like I could not. Uh, there's no way you could figure out a rhyme or reason. I'm mean, sure there was a rhyme reason, but I can't mm-hmm. figure it out. Because you had Red Bull KTM, and then Han and uh, Reed's semis right next to it. Well, so two Kawasaki and, rigs, and not where, Red Bull. The other KTM teams were not next to Red Bull KTM.
2: And where's the number two rider? He's down the hill in the RCH rig. He's on the other side of the hill. So,
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that RCH and Red Bull had for, for, for close, relatively close, they were one or two in point. and point them back. It was over there too because he was third. But why were Reed, why was Monster Energy Kawasaki and two also up where Dunge was?
2: Well, no, I would have said, well, whatever. This is dumb. But um, you know what I'm saying? The RCH and the Suzuki like the RCH and the Suzuki rig should have been where Mitch and Factory Cali were. If you go by points, that's better at parking than where they were. Well, and and, and I should have my
1: point. Like, you went by points, it doesn't make sense. It didn't go by points. No, that's what it was, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The alley rigs were all in one area, right, right. where Dundee was.
2: Right. Yeah. And j- somehow JGR, who's always been buried in the back, way in the back, every year, they were they were they had the best spot in the pits this year. Right when you walk through the yeah. gate, JT, they're on the right-hand side. Like, right. Huh. Nice. Right, yeah. So I don't know how that worked. Maybe. Yeah, and I should have clarified.
0: I was, I'm not exactly sure how John Ayers coordinates his parking, but I know in Supercross it's points-based. Yep. So I should have clarified that. Yeah. Uh, okay. They, that makes
2: sense. They uh they clarify, like I said, however it works for them for parking, whoever they want. That's just my opinion. Um the uh oh maybe well, maybe Coy got that spot uh because of his incredible sermon skills with the Steve Hudson out. It Corey, was good. Coy Gibbs Coy Gibbs gave the uh, Sunday mor or Saturday morning sermon.
1: <laughs> well yeah, um shout out to uh to Steve Steve Hudson, the, the chaplain um, you know, I think everybody likes Steve, whether you're participating in the, the sermon on Saturday morning or not, he's a great guy for the series. But he got hit at Muddy Creek on Friday night. He was at a red light on his uh, Harley, and a car just rear-ended him. Yeah. Um, so, at first, I heard at Muddy Creek it wasn't nearly as serious as you would think. I mean, you get hit by a car on a street bike, you're in big trouble. But yeah. as far as that goes, it wasn't too, too bad. But I think now there's maybe some uh, – I I think he had a concussion, so obviously he's not in great shape right now, so best to Steve, I hope to see him back. But meanwhile, they had Coy take his place and I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be awesome. And Coy he did an excellent job. He was coy in every way. Right. right. But still also did a good job. He basically summed it up, it was like two minutes. And he just said, Everybody in this pit, we're all a bunch of idiots. We need this guy
2: to help
1: us. We're all idiots. Yeah. I'm like, oh. That pretty much sums up what Steve Hudson does.
2: <laughs> we're all idiots for liking the sport <laughs> and being here. Let's hope the real guy gets back because we're all idiots. No, <laughs>
1: like we all make. I mean, dude, these pro pits are just filled with horrible life mistakes. We all know this, right? A so, guy like Hudson around to help steer the ship sometimes is very helpful. You're talking about?
2: Can you can you not move around with your phone, or can you put it to your mouth or something? It's going fading in and out. I don't
1: know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't know. Okay. It's a landline. There's not much I can do to affect the service.
2: You're really not doing nothing? It's really just, it's like fading really quiet, then it's getting loud, then it's fading quiet. JT, you hear it, right? Oh, I hear it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's weird. felt like you were doing something. Um. Anyways. No, I'm doing something. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're doing something, all right. Um. JT, bigger loss to the series. Bradshaw Boulevard being just flat, or the wall berm no longer being at high point?
0: Hmm. I'm gonna say
2: the wall berm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I think the wood yeah. wood wall, whatever it was. I think I agree. Watching Mike Brown come in there and just bounce off it was some, something special. Um, when Bradshaw Boulevard being flat, what would Bradshaw say if you told, "Hey Bradshaw, your boulevard"? There's nothing. You probably on. would
0: want to talk about monster trucks or running right. or flying or.
2: Yeah, he'd probably picture. go. What's high point? Oh, <laughs> Boise. Uh, yeah. Bradshaw is a fl- is he still a fly racing athlete? Oh, of course. Yeah, duh. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he, does he ride it anymore? It would be
0: you would be hard pressed to find me if he was not, because I would probably be standing on a the precipice of a cliff.
2: The I think Brett, when he came back out of retirement there for a little bit and ra- rode that vet race and Tortelli just waxed him and he mm-hmm. was angry and throwing things and calling Tortelli some very vile names. I think he realized, maybe, like, hey, I'm taking this too seriously. I need to step back. <laughs> well, as we all know, second place sucks. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Um, all right, let's, let's get to the race. Walt well, what do you think? berm or, or Bradshaw Boulevard?
1: Uh, berm. I miss that more. I mean, Bradshaw Boulevard's jumps were cool, but uh, we've seen jumps before. The mm-hmm. berm, we don't see that anywhere. No. And now we really don't see it anywhere. The no. Berm is great.
2: Let's talk about Brock Schmelian's crash first. Oh, my God. I got tagged on this on social media about 100 times from different people. Uh, that's dragging a foot peg, and that's ugly. I
0: read, I read somewhere this morning that his grip fell off. What? Yeah, that's why he fell off the side like that.
2: I thought he was, like, scrubbing and trying to turn and dragged drag a foot peg.
0: Well, that's what Berner said too. He's like, "Oh, it looks like he caught a right. rut with his foot," but then I read somewhere this morning that his grip came off, and that's why he fell off that side.
2: <laughs> oh my God! If you don't, if people if you don't uh, if you don't find it on social media, search uh, Instagram or uh, search yeah, but,
1: um, just go to the racetrack site. Okay. We have it. All right, Breaking news. From, All right, uh, Earlier yeah. this morning. It's um, death defying.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I've never seen someone bounce like that before. Um. And that and that kind of gets me to my next thing, though. Well, first of all, we race Rex talked to him. Chase Stahl talked to him, right? He's got a broken femur, and but he's going to live and all that, which is good.
1: Yeah, uh, Chase actually interviewed him today. Uh, I haven't asked Chase what he said yet. I just actually hit him up on IM to see if I can find out about his grip situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, by Tuesday, I think we'll have an interview with the full story.
2: Sure. My. Why do we got to have these jumps on these tracks, though? I mean, that was as safe a jump as you can get. You know, it's pretty rounded. It, like, the, the landing, you could pretty much land anywhere. But why do we got to have that? And I've said this for a couple of years now.
0: Well, I heard a few complaints, too, that, you know, they tilled a lot of the track, but then they left, you know, the 30-feet-long ruts coming up to the biggest jump on the circuit or whatever.
2: Well, like, it seems like these national guys, and they're all guilty of this. I mean, we have LaRocco's Leap, and that's big and gnarly and been there since the early 90s. And okay, it's a natural sort of obstacle. You're jumping up a hill. And now everybody wants their own, you know? And it's like, beat it. Like, this stuff's dangerous. Hell, Redbud went and put in another leap on the other side of the track. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, it's motocross. Supercross? Yes. Supposed to have that. That's what, we, that's what we do. But these promoters are, every weekend, they're just building bigger and bigger leaps and jumps. And it's like, you guys forget about, like, it's 100 degrees. It's Thirty minutes. You're beat. You're tired. It's ruddy. It's. I don't like. Glenn Helen's the same way. I. Don't, I don't get it, man. I mean, do, you, do either one of you two agree? Am I? Am I just? Am I? Should I get out? Should I get off my lawn? Should everyone get off my lawn?
1: Yeah, I think you need to get off your lawn because first of all, I don't feel like these jumps are necessarily unsafe. Like they're big. Now I understand there's a, obviously a shot of this dude. With a ridiculous crash,
2: was grip, but but his grip fell off or whatever. It's it's not normal. Well, that's what I mean.
1: Yeah, he's like he doesn't remember, but he thinks it's because the grip fell off. Like if you watch the jump, you could double, triple, or quad it, just like that one at Hangtown, and it wasn't ridiculous. It wasn't some huge gap. I mean, it was big to clear it, but I think for a jump that big, it was built as safe as it uh, possibly could be, and it wasn't like we saw dudes just killing themselves all day long at high point. That was the only major crash. Or the only crash I know of that happened. No, I agree. I said that.
2: It, I agree. I, I agree. It's, it wasn't death-defying. Yeah. You could land wherever you wanted to. Yeah. But, but these are racers. Yeah. They're going to just pin it and try to land on the fourth one. You know what I mean? They're going to try to just jump as far as they can. Like yeah. But a lot of guys didn't. And when
1: they came up short, it was just like that one at hangdown. They came up short. It really wasn't that big a deal. Like I like I said, I think for a big jump, it was as safe as it could possibly be. Um, yeah, but I don't I, know. I feel like these days, when you see what guys do in their own yards and ride in the hills and stuff like that. I don't know if it's that crazy to have jumps that big anymore. I don't even know if it scares these guys or even makes them wince.
2: I mean, we just don't need them. It's motocross. You don't need them. It's like these guys are just like, they're trying to get into whose balls are bigger. These national promoters every weekend, they're building these tracks and check out our ginormous track. Check out our ginormous jump. Check out our, you know, oh, we're going bigger. You know, I I just, when does it stop? When, When do we, when, you know, it's just going to go bigger and bigger all the time? I don't know. It's just, I mean, maybe these guys, I don't know. JT, you've been there. I mean, it's 35 minutes and you're tired as hell and you got to jump this thing with ruts and everything? Like, come on. It does get tough. I think, you know, in this case, you know, as Weege said, there were, there
0: were so many different options of what you could do on that jump. I think it gets a little tricky when there's either, you know, it's a pass fail type jump. That's pretty sketchy. But, uh, you know, if his grip comes off on any jump on the track, he's probably going to, crash pretty ugly wow. uh it just un, you know unfortunately is on the most death defying jump of the series so far probably maybe the hangtown jump but right yeah i, I don't know I, I agree with what you're saying is we don't necessarily need that stuff but i think as long as it's built safely then i don't i don't hate it i guess
2: okay it's a nasty, it's a it's a nasty crash everybody check it out on racerx online though oh god thank god he he's okay um, Weej and he he does ride for Blue Buffalo dog food. That's one way to get the two ways to get
1: the logos out there. A have gigantic <laughs> logos on the bike, and then B have this. Might be the most watched footage, right, all season long.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that like Chad's crash. You know, I think you'll see start you'll start seeing Yahoo pick that up or whatever. You know what I mean? Like people, I, th- I think yeah. anyways. Yahoo that'll be on Yahoo. Well, that'll the be on. I
0: think
1: just shot by some some spectator. It wasn't. You know, real HD TV footage or anything. So, the chat footage was from TV. Did help?
2: Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about the race. Uh I th- we were we were going to see an epic second moto. There, Dunge was on it um and catching Rocks, when some lappers got in his way, um, so Rocks wins, but unfortunately doesn't gain any points. But what about Dungey's opening laps in that first moto? Why, Oh my God! You want to talk about some riding? You want to? We don't talk probably enough about Ryan Dungey. In our podcasts, and maybe we don't write enough about him. Ah, we probably write enough about him, but us three don't talk much about Dunge. We kind of gloss over him a lot of times. Like, yeah, yeah, he won. He's awesome. He he won again. Let's talk about the other things in in the race. But that was some riding right there. Those opening five laps. Oh.
1: oh, yeah. It was very undunge-like. It was one of the few times you can really remember. And again, this is no disrespect to him, but it's one of the few times you can really remember saying, "Oh man, did you see Dunge?" Right. It's just not. Something that's his, uh, his specialty, these, oh, my God, you just had to see how fast he was going or what he was jumping uh, moments. But he was the first one to pull the trigger on that uh, jump downhill, headed back to the Groucho um, Boulevard.
2: Mm-hmm. And then by
1: the end of the day, everybody was doing it. But kudos to him. He sized it up. He said he never jumped it at any point, and he kind of saw it on the parade lap and said, hmm, maybe I can hit this. And um, what might be lost in all this is, I mean, he started behind Roxon. He mm-hmm. blew past Roxon yeah. and, and a bunch of guys.
2: Had the lead instantly? Yeah. Um, no, I had him about. I had him, off, about right. I had him about sixth opening lap, or you know, early in the opening lap, sixth place. Um, yeah, he said
1: he had a good start, and Porcell I don't know what he went. Porcell went almost straight into the fence after the first turn. He went so wide, <laughs> and uh, Dunge got was stuck on the outside of him, so he lost all his ground. And man, did he make it back! Plus, not only was it spectacular, but he was doing it on the first lap or two, which is really, really undunge-like.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. JT, you saw, did you watch it. Did you see it? I did. Yeah, yeah. it was impressive. Yeah. Uh, it's one
0: of the first times I've ever been genuinely just shocked at Dungy's aggression. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a completely different person. I thought, you know, jumping things that nobody else is jumping, getting aggressive, running people, yeah. you know, out of their line.
2: Uh, it was pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, he's going to ride like that. He's got this title on lockdown because that's. That's the thing he's missing, you know, is he could have easily just taken a second that moto and whatever. Kenny was in front of him, and he could have just, they could have worked through the pack and gotten second and, and whatever. Uh, even the second moto, again, nice charge by him. He he was going to make this thing a real race at the end with Roxon until, you know, a couple of lappers. It was a nice ride by, by Dunge again in the second moto. I think
1: it gets overstated too much because Dungey is so consistent with his results. So you hear people say things like, oh, you will take a second if that's all that's there, or a third that's all that's there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard Dungey say that that's what he's actually doing. Right? Uh, I think he tries to go as fast as he can and win all the time. Now, I think there are certain riders that just don't have the um, balls-out programming. Like, okay, what he thinks is I'm going all out, and what James Stewart probably thinks is I'm going all out are different. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe Dunge ever holds back rides conservatively, just tries to score points, I think he goes to win every race he's in, and sometimes he wins them and sometimes he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, for example, yeah, when he was second, second moto last week, second moto this week, and there was no doubt, didn't matter if points or points lead, he wanted to beat Kenny. He just wanted to win the race.
2: Yeah, That's all. Well, I think, too, why we think that, Weege, is because he often says it in interviews. Championship's the goal, made some points up today, you know, whatever. Like, he, he makes us think that. No, he doesn't come out and say, hey, I only took second. But I think we all think that because he tells us that a lot. Like, he's he thinks long-term really? here. Yeah, yeah. He thinks... I feel like he never says that. Oh,
1: every week he says the same thing, which is, we try to win, we're just going to get everything we have, and uh, come back strong next week, yeah. That seems to be.
2: I, I always hear him say, I made up, some few, made up a few points this week. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, uh, title's the goal, championship. I, uh, okay. I
1: feel right. like when Chad Reed, when that was his calling card, he made it perfectly clear because he knew what, say, Stewart or Carmichael could do in any individual week. And Mm -hmm. I think Reed wanted to make it clear that, um, yeah, I have a different strategy to try to win this. And it kind of minimizes the damage if those guys were had an unbelievably great race. I feel like Dungey never hides behind that. You never hear him, okay, when Tomac won the first few races, he said it's a long season as far as I'm trying to get better. But you didn't hear him doing anything like alluding to well I'm gonna be consistent, let's see if he crashes out. Like I don't think you ever hear Dunge hang his hat on that. It just seems to be what happens. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like he talks about it.
2: Right.
1: He should. I think it would help him if he threw a little salt on the wounds to these guys sometimes. Right. Um that's probably why we don't talk about him enough. He doesn't do anything to draw attention. I would I would throw it in there.
2: JT, do you do you have any doubt that he's gonna win this title? I mean, Roxon looks like he's one hundred percent, and they split motos this weekend. They, you know, almost split motos last weekend. Roxon couldn't get by Anderson. Like, I don't think Roxon Roxon has his fans that think he's gonna, you know, still be able to make this up. But uh, I don't see it. I, I I just don't. I mean, do I have any doubt? I think you know, one
0: DNF or one issue like uh, Redbud two years ago when Dungey, you know, Dungey's bike just stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, that changes everything. So, uh, you know, if, if everything stays constant and Dungy's bike, you know, finishes every moto and he doesn't crash or DNF or do anything. Sure. I think Dungy is very, very capable of holding onto a 37 point lead. No problem. Yeah. Guaranteed. He, he can do that, but this is racing. I mean, that's what, you know, look at Tomac. I was ready to hand him the trophy, um, you know, at about two o'clock on Saturday afternoon in Colorado, you know, and just Mm -hmm. things, things change quickly. So, uh, Roxanne's going to need help. There's zero doubt in my mind about that. There's just no, there's no way that even if Roxanne went on a tear and started winning everything, those two are too much better than everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just no one going to get in there and, and break up that train. So he's going to need help. He's going to have to, you know, put a stick in his spokes or something crazy, uh, for this, for this thing to tighten up because mm-hmm. just Dungy's too consistent, too smart and too experienced to just throw it away.
2: What if Watson goes out there and sticks a stick in Dungy's spokes? It's
0: Stranger been... things have happened. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Like right. he just, No, something, absolutely. Something freaks going to have to happen, right. or Dungy will just do what Dungy does and, and ride this thing to the end. You know, and I think Dungy will win. I, don't, I think they'll probably end up doing a lot of what they did this weekend where they just split motos and, right. and no one really gains anything.
2: This was Dungy's best ride of the year, right? The first moto.
0: Yeah, the first moto, best ride of the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a little surprising that he, you know, it was, it was kind of a tale of two motos there, um, because I feel like if he rode the same way in the second moto they did the first, he would have he would have rode right up to Roxon. You mm-hmm. know, just yeah. the track was different and uh, maybe Roxon made some changes. It's hard to he say was exactly catching, what no, he was catching, on. He was
2: catching Kenny though.
0: He was. He was. He yeah. was, but not not in the same manner as the first moto. I no. mean, he was just so much better than everyone in the first moto. He was head and shoulders the best rider on the track in that first time
2: out. Yeah, um, Weej, five rounds down, Jason Anderson has three podiums. So we've been looking for that guy. We, Baggett's got one. Barsha got one. Uh, we've been looking for that guy to be the next guy. And uh might be Anderson right now. Guy's got some confidence.
1: Yeah, it's really impressive. Um, you know, when there was a the little rivalry or whatever you call it between Baggett and Anderson. I thought Anderson was walking on thin ice there because he was really turning it up, going into outdoors. And you're like, oh, man, this is where Baggett uh, really specializes. And Baggett has beaten him a few times this year. But the way things are going, Anderson Mm -hmm. is definitely no slouch. And I feel like, in general, he was closer uh, this week. I mean, there's no doubt Roxanne and Dougie were absolutely hauling down the stretch in that one. Mm -hmm. A little closer than they were. I'm not saying he's going to beat him straight up. but Yeah, no. As good as he was at Hangtown, I feel like he keeps actually getting better, where I think a lot of us were, oh, you saw what happened at Anaheim 1. That's just the first round. But yeah. he's actually improved in yep. the first round outdoors.
2: Baggett uh, had front fork issues in his first Moto DNF. And second Moto, man, like, obviously he had a bad gate pick and everything, but so sort did of filthy Phil. Um, and Phil made it work from way outside. And Baggett kind of didn't get a great start, but – Got 11th in just kind of, I don't think, I think he was up to 8th at one point. Maybe he dumped it over. Uh, I didn't watch the TV show yet, but not a good day for Blake Baggett, which sucks for me and my fantasy because I picked him as the third-place guy. So um, not good, not a great day for Blake Baggett. But Anderson, yeah, we're going to. Time to start looking at him and putting him into that spot every week, I think, with, that, with those kind of rides. Um, Porcel, after his worst race of the year in Muddy Creek, qualifies fastest, literally takes it. They're interviewing Roxen, uh down after the, the, the qualifying, talking to him about getting the Bud Light Top Pole Award, fastest pole uh, award or whatever they call it. And on the very last lap, Porcell, the 377, does what he does and gets the pole and then has a nice couple of motos, Weege. A good job by Porcell.
1: Yeah, you could just tell all of a sudden. I mean, we didn't see any of those. Th- standard Porcel tricks of the first couple races. And I was really doubting he could even do it. I'm like, okay, I know he'll get better. Mm-hmm. But I, I've said all along, there's no way he's going to just put in one burner at the end of uh, practice right. and beat guys like Roxton. Yeah. But that's exactly what he did. It. it was 6 tenths of a second. And then all of a sudden, as you know, happens all the time, right? When a guy all of a sudden knows he's faster, he suddenly gets starts. Um, he got two good starts. When guys attacked him, he went back after them. Um, this is a lot different i 'm really intrigued by this now, like what is the ceiling on this guy i don 't think anyone really knows, but it could potentially be very, very high yeah, he, things fall into place and suddenly now it looks like it might
2: he surprised me i didn 't think he had a a fast qualifier and that kind of day in him he now he, again he he was the if you looked around in the second moto, he was going slower than everybody around him. You know, I think his fitness shocking still isn 't there where it needs to be, but uh, you got to give him credit. Three five. I didn't. I didn't know if he'd go three five at all this year, JT. So good job by him.
0: Yeah, that's a good ride. I mean, it's come in with a lot of question marks. Um, you know, I know we talked about how we felt he was kind of unprepared compared mm-hmm. to last year, uh, with the announcement being so late and all that. And so good day. I mean, if 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 you're going to um, have good weekends, you know, th- that's a track that we kind of thought it would happen at. Mm-hmm. uh you know the, and there's going to be others like Unadillo we know he's great at but that was a step in the right direction and it, w- it was good to see you know i, I think interest was kind of waning in his comeback here or his mm-hmm. just his whole series here and uh it just made him kind of relevant and back into the conversation and and obviously the the time qualifying thing is just incredible you know we i don't think we've ever seen uh that level of <laughs> i guess just skilled timing at the end because he just you know, And we talked about it last year a lot where the mechanics counting down on the on the board, like, you know, last lap or however much time's left, and then he's just like, okay, time to go fast, and yeah. he just goes and puts it in. Yeah. So I didn't really know if he'd be able to do that against the guys he's doing it against this year, and maybe he still wouldn't be able to against Tomac, but mm-hmm. uh, still pretty awesome to watch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, you know, he's a guy that's kind of uh, up and down, let's say, uh, emotionally a little bit. And he, coming off a terrible Muddy Creek, you would think like, oh, he's going to throw a towel in a little bit here and start blaming the team or the bike as he's done in the past before, but he didn't, man, and he rebounded with his great, best race, so props to him. Like, I just kind of thought that Muddy Creek would be the beginning of a spiral, maybe not that bad, because it wasn't very good, maybe not that bad, but a beginning of a spiral of just sort of uninspired rides, so he answered that for sure, fourth overall.
1: Man, that first moto, too, he didn't really let Kenny go. He was close to him yeah. most of the way, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: he was. He was.
1: So, yeah, so see, that's my point. I, we have a lot of known commodities in this 450 class. Just judging by what Dunge and Kenny have done throughout their career and what they did last year, you're almost kind of assuming, well, Anderson's going to be good, but the fact that he's going to all of a sudden run with them mm-hmm. would be contrary to everything you've ever seen out of those guys. But yeah. with Porcel. You just don't know. Like, he has run with those types of guys in the past, mm-hmm. so you never know.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Barsha, all right day, would you say we each – I mean, just he's okay, 5'4"? Yeah.
1: I, I, I how long is it – I think we've pretty much found where Barsha's level kind of is now, which is not bad, but it's not with the guys that are winning the races, and that's – I know where he would have expected to be. I'm sure that's where he's getting paid. On the level of... So how does that fit? Like, they're not horrible rides. No. But they're not where things were supposed to be for him a couple of years ago or going into this year. So I don't know how this goes over.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I don't know what to think. He, uh... These are good, for sure. You know, he's a top-five guy. But you can see he, right. gets, he gets some starts, and he's not staying with those guys. You know, he's not able to do it. He'll crash. You know, he gives it 100% on the, on the try... Meter on the effort meter, yeah. but he can't. He can't do it. He can't do it right now for whatever reason. And yeah, I mean, if you're a star or JGR or, or you know, I mean, you're paying him to win. I would think. I don't know. Maybe not. But I would think from what I hear. So I don't know. I guess you're okay with it. He's working. He's. I see. I see. He's working a with
1: agent, in a way. He's not. He. He didn't go over there at a discount. I mean, Barsha was hot property a year yeah. ago.
2: I, I. I know he's working. Yeah. I see he's working with uh with Budman. So working yep. on some riding techniques, so maybe Budman can help. But Buddy's Buddy, Buddy Anthony has sh- certainly done a lot with Weston. Helped him a lot, so Yeah. Um Tickle Tickle was good again this weekend. I don't know if you noticed it at all, but uh first moto he started up front and kind of stayed there sixth place. You know, he I mean I think he was fourth or whatever, so but he you know, he found his level at six, and the second moto he rode from the back to sixth or eighth, I should say. But he was way back. He was probably around twentieth or so. So I thought Tickles' ride was again pretty good. Is is that not David
1: Villman' classic definition of "I'm going to get what I'm going to get anyway"? So why bother trying to get the start? So
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: That's, that's no. what came to mind. To me. I'm like, he still got six.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, you're so right.
1: to six, fourth to six. But he'll get six.
2: And then if everybody gets hurt, he's still getting sixth. If the field is stacked, he'll get sixth. Yeah, it's really yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how he actually does that. That sounds difficult.
2: yeah. Pike, uh, Pike lost a side panel, which continues the theme to me, of 2015 of riders losing plastic. So Pike lost a side panel at some point. Went back. Uh, I talked to him uh, after the race for a while. Over the race for a while. like the first moto. Like he says it, He says it. He felt great. He had a good breakfast. He felt good. He said three four laps in, he just feels wasted. He just feels tired, unable to push. Like doesn't know what's going on. And then he said he went back after the first moto, and you know ate a little bit, felt great again, and was able to have a strong second moto. So he's really searching uh, JT right now on, like, what his issue is in these first motos where he feels like he's just spent.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there could be so many things, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we're not doctors, and, and there's no way for us to know, but that sounds like yeah. something where he'd want to get his, you know, blood work done and and find out if he's vitamin deficient. I mean, there's yeah. deficient. I mean, there's yeah. one, you know, I mean, Epstein-Barr to who knows. You yeah. know, there's no There's no way to know, but certainly something where it's hurting his results, no mm-hmm. doubt about that, because I think he's capable of doing better than we've seen in some of his motos, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of expected more, uh, you know, coming off Supercross. And he had some great races at the beginning, but they really haven't been the same level here the past couple weeks.
2: Well, I think Weech brought this up on one of our shows. Maybe it was with Top Jimmy. Or maybe Jimmy brought it up, Weech because Jimmy makes great points. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he's good on the show. He's yeah, very
2: good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, uh, I, Pike,
1: to race, I think that's really good to have a guy that used to race.
2: Yeah, and he's a privateer, too, so he knows he knows also two yep. sort of privateer issues, privateer struggles, that kind of thing. Um, yep, yep. Um, but he said, and Pike just doesn't have a lot of time on East Coast tracks. And JT, uh, so somebody but he
0: raced all these races last year. Yeah, last
2: year. But in, and he in got,
0: like, top five.
2: Well, I don't know how much
0: he got top five. Is that Red Buddy did? And he went 10-5 at Mount Morris last year. So yeah. it's not like he's not good there. Okay. I raced against Weston Pike at Mount Morris in 2009. Okay. So okay, so I, Jimmy yes brought Yes and no. So I mean, maybe he doesn't have as much experience on them as Ryan Dungy, but right. uh, he's raced these tracks.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Uh, Will Hunt. I wonder sometimes with uh, Pike because um, this is still all relatively new to him as far as the basically this level of uh, effort in his program. You know, having a trainer and being able to train. And I mean, half the time he was running a team and just being a privateer. I almost wonder if because that dude is such an animal that he can almost go too hard at times during the week. I know last year Budman was saying that it was hard to even rein him in. You know, he had a shot. He wanted to give it everything he had, and that's almost a problem sometimes. You know. Mm-hmm if he goes too hard all summer long during the week. So yeah. that's what I worry about a little bit with
2: him. Um, Phil Nicoletti had an eventful high point. Uh, crushes in the first turn, in the first moto, gets up dead last, charges back down that hill. His front brake caliper either got pushed over so all the pistons were pushed in um, or his front brake was damaged and I wasn't quite sure. I got a couple explanations. And he came down the hill after the the left-hand first turn, and it, it's it's an off-camber right-hander. And he had no front brake, couldn't stop. And I thought, like, okay, so you blew through the banners, but the banners were fine. Turns out he hit the outside berm. JT, you're still with me on on where he is, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He hits the outside berm, jumps over the probably the four-foot banners, right into the face of Garth Milan, photographer. Right? And Phil said, skid plate of his bike into the head of Garth. So... Yeah. Did he
0: get up and then get right in his face? And go in the face.
2: No, <laughs> no. But he said awesome. he said Garth had a good view, probably of his Wiener Schnitzel skid plate. <laughs> um, so Garth suffered. I think Garth's okay though. We thought he had a broken foot or leg or whatever, but I think Garth's okay. But scary moment. I, and I didn't see Ow. it. Weege, did you see it or no? I don't. It was the pack had already gone, so no one was looking. You know. Believe it or not, I did
1: semi sort of see it. Um, they kind of glancingly got um, like footage of it, like on my like uh, so one of the TV cameras caught it. I think the camera was, if the camera was moving. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Yeah, barely see it at the corner. I think I could tell it was Phil, but all you could see was the bike going over, and you really couldn't see what happened after that. You just knew, oh, this isn't going to be good. Yeah, and it really was like how. How is it possible for a bike to be where it is? How is this bike launching? Yeah. I mean, it's Phil. Don't get us wrong. We see some insane crashes, <laughs> but even for him, I was like, "How yeah. is this happening?"
2: Yeah, no, crazy. And so, then no
1: brakes. Yeah, no fun. He, he didn't know he didn't have brakes. Yeah, no. He was charging. Yeah, charging was like, "Oh crap!"
2: Right. Then he was yeah. charging, and then just over the hit the berm, over the banners, into Garth's face, and then so second yeah. moto he had the 40th gate pick. JT he came around around fourth. He pinned it on the outside. Just got the jump on JGR bike, and like that's a hard at High Point. That is not easy. Came out like fourth. It is. Good.
0: You know the the thing about High Point start. High Point start not steep. Uh, it's really unbalanced. So mm-hmm. you're going. I don't even know how much further around you have to go there. It's it's significant distance, right. but it's the elevation change is is yeah. very insignificant. So. I could see it happening, happening, but full commitment because there's only one way to go if things go poorly, and that's into a fence.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: But if anybody's going to do it, I would think that bike, uh, and we've all seen the, you know, um, Filthy Phil's starting prowess this year. So yeah, I'm surprised, but not that surprised, I guess.
2: Yeah, good job by him. And then during his moto, he went to go check on the 250s, and he had bare feet on, and he came to the mechanics area and they kicked him out. Why are you wearing bear- Why? Are you Why not- did
0: he not have shoes
2: on? Why don't you have shoes on? Yeah, I have no idea.
0: You know, I mean, I could understand if he's like protesting or something. You know, like if it was like
2: a sit-in. He's like, yeah, some lady just started going off on Phil. Like, what is this? Is this isn't Australia? <laughs> Wear shoes. Yeah, no, this is just- we're civilized, Phil. So, um, all right. Well, and it's time for the podcast to uh, to ask JT about Chad Reed right now. JT, what's going on right now?
0: happening uh man i think i know more than i can say um i'm hoping that he is willing to share
2: whatever he's his plans are soon so i can (laughs) stop his plans right now are really screwing me in fantasy by the way fantasy um it's not good it's not good i i did i heard he had bike problems then i heard he didn't don't really know, then he didn't... I would say no. Yeah, and then he didn't show up for the second moto. So if he's just riding to get sponsorship checks in from discounting these guys, I mean, soon somebody will be like, hey, Chad, what's going on? It's
0: Yeah, like I said, I feel like I know too much, and I'm just hoping that he fills people in so I don't feel like that I'm supposed to. Just
2: a giant poop by Chad Reed the last few weeks. And it's, yeah, and it's, it hasn't and been good, and I don't it's sad think, to see. Think, I don't want to yeah. see that. I don't, I don't see. think things are going to get better. <laughs> this is like, uh, you know, Guy Lafleur came back out of retirement two years. Is out that of re- cook? No, he played for the Montreal Canadiens. He was a legendary NHL guy. He came out of retirement, played for the Rangers in Quebec, and he wasn't the same guy, and it was sad to see. And I don't want to see Chad do this. This hurts me. Never mind my fantasy picks. This really hurts me to see that this guy doing this. I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, and he's not really being, like, you know, shocking he's not coming on the Pulp Mech show tonight. So, you know, he's not really letting us know what's up. And if yeah, can you imagine I don't know what his timeline is And for news. Also, too, and I, and, I, and I talk about this, like, I think I talked about this with James when it comes to Stewart. Like, okay, we all know, Chad, we're buddies with him. We all go to this sport. Uh, we, we never pay to get in a race. We're all privileged people when it comes to these races. So it doesn't matter. But for reals, there's 15, 17, 18-year-old kids that pay full price tickets that are they they own Chad Reed merchandise. They are huge fans of Chad Reed just like they would be of LeBron or whatever, right? We can all agree on that. Yep. Can you imagine being this fan, dropping the money, the gas money, the hotel, you on your discount tire shirt, you're going to High Point. This and this goes back to what I was talking about with James Stewart where the Supercross people are just like not even telling you what's going on and you show up at you know you go to one race a year to go see james stewart he's just not there and you have no idea um, cuz this i mean you know racer x even and all these websites like can you imagine showing up and your hero is doing that that's like gila fleur it's just i don't know is that we am i being should i get off my front lawn should people get off my front lawn again but that's what i think about i really
1: I don't think, know. I think it's- much. I, I don't know if anyone specifically was like, I'm going to high point because I want to watch Chad Reed ride, and I feel like I got ripped off. Like, I don't know if that's the case. Once the guys started off with a bad season, like I'm sure, okay, Tomac was winning all the races and crashed out. That was probably a bummer for fans, say, the next week at a Muddy Creek being like, man, that sucks. I'm not going to get to see that. But, I mean, the Reed season had already been going badly, so what were you counting on seeing at high point at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you expecting him to come out all of a sudden and lead motos? Well, I don't like,
2: know. It's clearly but-
0: not. In if, that direction. If you, Maybe race
2: both motos. <laughs> if you, if you're, a, hey. if you're, you know, you're sitting outside the team two-two truck all day, and you're watching them in the motos. And I'm saying, I'm saying, there's people we don't understand this because we're all privileged. There's people that live for this stuff once a year, and I'm not blaming Chad here. I'm not, you know, I'm not coming down on him. I'm just, I'm talking about what a disappointing day. It would you would see it if you were a Muddy Creek and you were a Chad Reed fan, or you're at High Point, you're a Chad Reed fan, and you're spending all this money and you're supporting the guy, and your hero is out there, and he's just pooping the bed. Like JT, I'm not even going to put the panic button on. I thought about bring up the panic button. It's all I mean that's done. <laughs> There's the panic button is not even can't even help right now. There's not even a joke about a panic button. Um, so like. I feel bad for these fans a little bit. And again, I'm not Chad's a friend of mine. I'm not I'm not coming down on him. Whatever's going on isn't good and, and it's but can you imagine just being one of these fans? Oh my god, it would just you would need therapy.
1: Yeah. I guess yeah. we didn't have all the details. <laughs> None of this is like surprising me. Like, just knowing, okay, no. the season was a starting grade results wise, and then he's got the sponsorship deal that he's mad about and then to Salton of Williams Grant, who probably would have been really good this year, is now out. Like it's just all Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is what I would expect would happen if all that
2: stuff took place. Yeah, no, but we're – yeah, we're on the inside. inside. Yeah, we're on the inside, you know. I mean, we're literally texting them during the week and stuff or whatever, you know, and all that. But just imagine if you were these fans. And these guys have fans. It's not – you know, we're not talking about no offense to Brayton or Sipes or these – I mean, those guys – Chad has fans, real dedicated, real fans. Yeah. You know, like Stewie, like RV, like, you know. So, that's all. I don't know. Yeah, well, it was funny. Like, when the day ended,
1: my dad, who just watches these on TV, and that's about his level of knowledge. He's only really watching it because I'm doing the announcing. He <laughs> texts me. He's like, what happened to Reed today? And I'm like, yeah. oh, what do you mean what happened to Reed? Like, wouldn't it be obvious? He's not really yeah, into this no, right no, now. No, I guess you really, following the gossip, you really don't even know any of that. Well,
2: and the reason I brought this up is because of my Twitter feed. Like, it was 50% Chad Reed. Like, the, uh, either people saying he's done, he's worthless, I hate the dude. Or people saying, what happened? you know what I mean so right. we had this great right. race at High Point and if I got a hundred tweets about High Point 50% of them were about what's going on with Chad Reed you know and some of these people aren't the fans that I talk about but whatever this is still a icon a legend and so mm-hmm. that's all okay
1: uh BTO's so we're mo- not thinking that Reed
2: takes this weekend off
1: between here and Boats Creek um just motos down and comes out and just goes 1-1 <laughs> that's not probably you're not uh, thinking that's
2: we should ask his – B- I think his BFF should answer that. JT, 1-1, Bud's Creek. Is that what works?
1: get off to – yeah, to put his head down and come back stronger than ever. Is that not –
0: is
2: that no. <laughs> I don't. I don't foresee a 1-1 at Bud's Creek for Chad Reed. What if we put okay, the – okay, all right. Remember we came back for Bud's for that – for for Brooks's team? Just Bud's, I think? Yeah. He had the – Yes, sir. Prepare for today. Yeah. He had, <laughs> yes, sir. He had the weirdo swing arm thing on. Got third? Yeah. And I think
1: he, uh, had he written at all? Like, in the monthly account, rate? Uh
2: A little
0: bit. A little bit. A little. I wouldn't say a lot.
2: Who's, okay, look, before we go take a commercial break on this, okay, we're done with that, and JT's being elusive, and I get it. Whatever. No, I just, no, I, I can't know, know, I know. break news okay. on things that are his business. Nobody listens to this. Yeah, okay. Um, I want, I want you guys to give me Real quickly here, we're running out of time. We haven't even talked to 250 class. Um, give me your guy that's surprising you in the 450 class that's a total privateer. Like, give me that guy. Hmm. I'm going to go Jesse Wentland. That's why I brought this up. Like, Wentland, You always do this. You know
1: the question going in. You've done your research prepared. Now i got to look at points. And think about well, but don't you? Know, you... Guys have good well, there. okay,
2: Weej, I'll give you a bit of a break because you weren't—you're were stuck in a trailer. And JT, you weren't there, but you've been to three of them. But like when you sort of look around the race, you're like, oh, look, okay. You look at the first, you look at the lap times. I'm always usually have a monitor in front of me, so I'm like, oh, okay, this dude's here. And then you check in ten minutes later, and you're like, oh, the dude's there. And then you check in ten minutes later again, you're like, oh, the dude is there. You know, well, that dude is wetland to me. Like, the dude abides. Like Wentland's Wentland's out of a van and easy up, and he's riding himself into points and 16 16 a few weeks ago. This week, 15th in the first moto. Second moto, he was way outside the top 30. I think he was about 32, 33. Sorry, say way outside the top 20. And rode himself into um, a 19th. Just one of those guys. That's a guy, you know? So, that's all.
1: No, I feel you on that. I do. We've dropped him the pack a couple of times on the shots, and he is. Yeah, when you're 16th ish is like your average moto. You're doing pretty good.
2: And he's not on a team. He's not, you know, easy up yeah. in a van. At so. His
1: level privateer, yeah.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So.
0: Yep.
2: All right, let's take a commercial break here. At BtoSports.com RaceX Podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this ad from Race Tech folks. Uh, by the way, uh, Vince Freeze winning the MX One class in Canada this past weekend with Race Tech suspension. And uh, we'll be right back here on the show. of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work. Whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love. Whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something, something uh, on your bike needs attention for race tech. I guarantee you Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back. GTOSports.com. RacerX podcast presented done by Fox Racing. JT Vince Freeze winning. Surprising, right? I was really impressed. I mean, he was two seconds better. <laughs> in like, uh, time qualifying. I, I thought he cut the track. <laughs> well, someone else, someone tweeted that who was there was this was this time is dubious. So yeah, which which I was. I'm going to say that I
0: was on board with that claim too. Right. But then he backed it up. Yeah. I mean. When yep. you go out and go 1-4 and you're winning the second moto before you crash, I mean, mm-hmm. okay, I shut my
2: mouth. Right, right. Uh, race, Tech suspension. Vince, freeze. Okay, 250 class. Uh, let's let's. We don't have a ton of time here. we got to wrap this thing up. Um, so M- Marvin won, uh, and uh, Jeremy Martin got, got third. All right, that's been a show. Thank you, everybody. No. <laughs> uh, Marvin winning wasn't a surprise. Jeremy Martin, bad starts all day, but I was surprised that J-Mart – JT, I'll start with you. I still would have thought J Mart would have got two-two. That's what we've seen, and he wasn't able to do it. He couldn't beat his brother in the first moto, and the second moto barely beat his brother at the end, and had nothing for Savachi, had nothing for Cincirillo, uh, Osborne, those type of guys. Like couldn't make time on them on, on the track. wasn't uh, wasn't feeling it. I was surprised.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, this is what I kind of expected to happen at Muddy Creek from him, and then he went in and was incredible at muddy Creek, uh, compared to last year. And, but this year was more shades of 2014, uh, where he just had tracks that he's just not quite as good at. So he, it wasn't terrible. Um, but at the same time, you know, the way Marvin's been riding they're they're kind of going back and forth. So he gave up quite a few points, uh, as has Marvin in a couple of races here, but it'll be interesting, you know, cause I think there will be tracks like red bud, uh, Millville, maybe even Bud's Creek where Martin is just going to be better. He Martin is just faster on a track like that. But a track like we saw mm-hmm. this past weekend, uh, Muskan should win. Uh, Unidoa, he should win. Washu, he should win. Right. So it's going to kind of be this yo-yo effect, I think. And I don't. I think it's going to really be who limits the damage on their off-tracks. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's not really fair to say it's an off-track, you know, if they get second overall or whatever. But, uh, but I don't, you know, I feel like there will be clear favorites at some of these races for who should win, you know. Mm-hmm. Marvin will go and think, okay, I got to win this one. This one's mine. And Martin's going to be like, well, I know I'm in his, his best track. I've just got to get, 2-2 is going to be solid mm-hmm. here, you know. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to see that week in and week out.
2: Yeah. No, good analysis. I, I, I agree. So, but Martin's got to make something happen here.
0: Yeah. At yeah. He gave yep. up way too many points. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and when I say that, 2-2 is not what Jeremy Martin did. So, yeah. Yeah, um, he's got to be better on the day, you know, yep. and Carmichael is famous for saying as championships are won on your bad days. You know, there are always, there are always going to be days where you go one, one, but the bad days are the days when you can limit the damage and only give up a few points. Those are critical.
2: What was Carmichael's limiting the damage at a national? Uh, like <laughs> two, one. <laughs> yeah. I limited the damage today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really, won. yeah, I really limited yeah. it to, yeah, we tied. So, um, I feel like uh, Moosecan, because of that, I think Moosecan,
1: he's probably got to regret big time what happened last week at Muddy Creek. I, he should have won all four motos in a row, I feel. I think he was the best guy at Muddy Creek, just like he was at High Point. And uh, that second moto, man, that was just a dumb move. You know, he got stuck in that rut and crashed in the second moto, and he came all the way back to fourth. But mm-hmm. I think those, he, he needed to beat Martin in all four of these motos, I think, to help himself out. So what you saw at High Point, you should have seen at Muddy Creek. So I think he's got to be a little bummed on himself there too, because yeah, like JT's saying, he's not gonna. It's going to be a little harder to get those points back at mm-hmm. some of these, sandier tracks and stuff where Martin is just really good.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's going to be going to be good. Uh, Osborne second overall, and the uh, uh, thing with Osborne, and I told him this after the race. Uh, he got all mad at me after the race. I he was leaving, and I threw my bag on top of his hood and said, "You can't go until I give you an interview. until you give me an interview on the media." And then he would said, dude, this is my car. You scratched up the hood because I did kind of scratch the hood up a little bit. I threw my bag on it, you know. And then he had me thinking it was really his car, but it was a rental. Because I was thinking, well, maybe he drove here. I'm like, it's a rental. And he had me all convinced it was his car. So he got me good. Anyways, good story, Steve. I can never figure out your relationship with Zach.
1: I can never figure it out.
2: Yeah. I've I know all, you, yeah. Discovered
1: you, you read Christopher Columbus. You know, you put him back. Mm-hmm. You know, he discovered the United States for him.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. But it seems like he has a lot of anger toward you. Yeah, almost every weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he has a lot of anger, and then I don't know what happens. he just still talks to me, still texts me, still we still talk, but then he, yeah, uh, he has a lot of anger too. So I don't know. He, he
1: called you on the conference at um, Colorado. Oh, he did. Um, yeah, you were actually in there. You're usually not in there. And at the end, he just said, "Oh, yeah." What did he say?
2: Yeah. Yeah, suck it, Did he say suck it or something like that? I think he said suck it, Mathis. Yeah, something like that. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, in the press conference. Uh, stuff like that. I can't figure you two
2: out. Yeah, no, it's, I don't Maybe care. I'm always there for him, whether he likes it or not. I'm there for him. Here's his problem, though, and I told him this. Does not. Does it not seem like he has these motos and he has these races, and this goes back to Supercross, too? And then he kind of like can't back it up or he, he crashes, you know, and has an injury. Something where you're like, okay, Zach Osborne has turned the corner. And then disaster strikes am I wrong do not feel like I feel like this what what do you what do you guys think?
0: I could see why you would think that I'm just trying to be positive for good old Zach, <laughs> but uh, it, it does feel like he's at at minimum it's one good, one bad,
2: yeah, where you're like, okay, he's here, he's got it, he's going to back this right. you know he's he's arrived, he's going to be consistent blah blah blah, and then he just like kind of doesn't, you know, and I, I want the guy to do it. It's not like that like that, but yeah so but so he had, he rode great, so that was a good five two second overall, and Amart we, yep. just was a big weekend for Amart. he had to stay off the ground, had to make it happen, tied for third overall with his brother Amart, solid
1: it's just crazy as he's been thinking it, so he, he battled Osborne a bit in both motos, or at least the first moto. We went around him at one point. Uh,
2: first one, and we even passed that, him, yeah.
1: Like, yeah, even that, um, I'm sure that Osborne and Amart have done thousands of laps together at, in their club of next days. Mm-hmm. They both moved on from there, but I know they've ridden together a lot. Geico and now Husky, like, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, now he can just pass Osborne. Yeah. But that, to me, is, I don't, I didn't think he was as mm-hmm. good as Osborne or good enough to pass him in years past. But now it's like, oh, yeah, he got a third, passed Osborne. And honestly, when Jeremy got behind him in the first moto and the second, each time I was like, "This is going to be close. Yeah. Will he be able to get him?" Mm-hmm. It is now a question. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. Now a question if Jeremy gets him.
2: Yeah, and Alex's fitness is on point too. It's a good job. Uh, rumor in the pits is that he's signed with Star for next year, so I think that's going to happen. I don't think he was. Whoa,
1: whoa! Brothers on the same team?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Has that ever been the case? Besides, like. Bowler Brothers, was bowl Green was not a oh,
2: Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! They hired themselves. What? Stop it! it. <laughs> um, yeah. The Bowler Brothers hired
1: themselves to be their riders. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, we had tough negotiations with Forrest this year, but uh, Brandon Brandon stepped in and made it happen. So Brandon really pushed for Forrest. <laughs> Forrest.
1: It was brothers so that road, and then they the team became Bowler Brothers because they
0: were two brothers that rode. <laughs> You guys are worried about details. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, Star Racing. Seriously, has there ever been the case? Two mm. brothers
1: on the same team. Besides, obviously. Well, we can just take anything with the Alessi's and throw it out the window. I was obviously.
2: just going to say. I was just going to say. Team Alessi has been together for a long time. So
1: I don't think that's the traditional package deal that you give.
2: <laughs> By the way, Mike, Mike DNF, DNF in in Canada. This is just. Oh, geez. Uh, the World Motocross Tour is not going well. This is this is not this is not well. Um, hey, uh, so yeah, Alex is, looks like he's gonna star, so that'll be good for him. Uh, Savacci got third in the second moto. Good job by him. Adam had his, Adam Cincirillo had his best moto uh, as a pro. Second place, second moto. He said he got t bone from a guy on the outside of the of a turn. So <laughs> kind of funny. Um, and JT Christian Craig needed this. And he, and he, I don't know if he backed up Lakewood, you know, he went, he went, you know, he went, he went sick, but, uh, you know, he, he did. not know if he needed it, but it was definitely good. Yeah. He I mean, only just,
0: had two races to, to really sample from. And, uh, certainly was reassuring that he's going to be, you know, taken seriously the rest of the way.
2: Yeah. No, I think it was good. Good job by him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Eight, seven. Also too, I checked in on his status for the year because, you know, he's kind of replacing Bogle, right? So yep. what's going to happen when Bogle comes? What's going to happen when Bogle comes back? Um, and I checked in uh, with my sources, and my sources say that Bogle's going to come back from Millville probably. But regardless, Christian is on the team for the whole year. I don't know if either one of you knew that, but I didn't know that. Yeah, so looks like that. he's going to ride there even. Well, and you know, by the time Millville hits, maybe they'll have another bike. You know, injury strike in this series for sure. So Hampshire and Smith did uh, did all right in one moto. And then uh, not so good in the other, which is exactly what happened at Muddy Creek for him. Both of those guys, Geico guys. Jesse Nelson's starts weren't there this weekend, each you No,
1: know, I thought at this time, top yeah. three or four makes every single moto, but uh, didn't happen this time. No.
2: It's really hard to predict,
1: to predict. I was like, you know what? I can't really say who's the better guy out of this group. So I literally just lined them up, <laughs> like, I don't know, six, yeah. six seven, eight. Yeah. And, lo well, and behold, in the motos, that's where they ended up being a lot. Between mm-hmm. the four of them, they're almost identical in, in speed and the yeah. way the luck happens to work out. I, I've never seen it more evenly matched.
2: Yeah, Bishalia had a had a bad day. He was up front, both motos, I think, off the start and went 12-11. And I don't know if he crashed. I think he just finished there. So. Yeah.
1: That's happened a few times, man. I, there's got to be some pressure over there, I would think, on him. Um, I don't think it's gone awesome here in his whatever year and a half or two years you want to call it as being a pro. Yeah. He's got to be worried a little bit, I would think.
2: Isn't it crazy, JT? Like, like Matt's got a couple podiums in Supercross. He's ridden some good – had some good nationals. If he doesn't pull it together, he's probably going to lose this ride. And, like, that could be it for Matt Bichella. Like, he'll maybe – you know, he'll – could he be a Gannon Audette or he'll be a Kyle Cunningham? Cunningham. You know what I mean? Like yeah,
0: no, it's like, it happens. It happens all the time. Yeah, solid. If you don't live up to the expectations, unfortunately, sometimes it you know goes that way. But the crazy thing is that he's still so young, and there's mm-hmm. plenty of time to rebound. Um, yeah. But man, it's hard to. You know, we, we've we seen so many times where guys get their factory shot, and then it's really tough to kind of come back into the, you know, just yeah. because the teams look at you as, yeah, you get your chance. You didn't win. We, you know, teams yeah. want winners right. or guys on the podium consistently.
2: And they always be like, okay, we got Matt. He got ninth, but there's this kid coming, and he's coming, and he, you know, whatever. So, yeah. and, but yeah. then the kicker come Absolutely in and get funny. the kicker come in and get ninth. You know what I mean? Like, you already had a ninth-place guy. Yeah, it's
0: usually not an upgrade. It's just the, the next big thing that we're hoping is going to turn out to be a winner.
2: Yeah, and 1 in 10 turns out works, but the other yeah, nine are exactly keep, where Matt Buscelli are. Yeah,
0: he keeps still just filing yeah. through them
2: though. Right. Um, Jared Stanky. Why is he 125? Twenty seven twenty seven. Twenty seven twenty seven. You it's are not. It's not that I'm not excited about it. I just... You said you would save your rant. Oh, I did? Yeah, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm competitive. I was competitive when I raced. I'm competitive now. You know, I want the best podcast ever. I want the best internet radio show ever. I want to be the best writer. I'm far away from that, but I'm competitive guy. I. It's, is it 250 dollars to enter a JT a national?
0: 275. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but okay. something like that. 225 bucks maybe. Okay, which so- I, just a just a preface to I know where you're going with this, and I'm actually in agreement.
2: So, like you lay out the money, and you're just you know I mean he rode great. I'm surprised he qualified to be honest. So that's great job by him. But you're basically a sideshow. You're not. You're at a huge disadvantage. Yep. You, don't you want to do as well as you can? Maybe get points. Maybe make more purse money. Make your entry back. Why are you on a 125 and just being a sideshow? Like should you should you put a sidecar on your bike? Should you have nice where, to a gunfight? Should you bring a big clown wig like you're a sideshow you're a freak so to me well you're just setting yourself up to fail as far as being successful at the race that's what i mean like yeah great job kid awesome he and you know props to him but i'm just like dude aren't you competitive you're a racer so
0: i mean you knew all this this all too well you gave chris blose money
2: (laughs) i did i did uh 1500 dollars yep um so i don't know i mean we what do you think I think it's fine because what
1: what would he really have gained? Uh, and what what is the ceiling if he switches to a 250F in this case?
2: Well, he went like
1: you to- said maybe maybe he makes a little bit more purse money. Um, he's not going to get talked about in this podcast. I guarantee you that. So
2: yeah, but what is, getting talk- the- what is getting talked about in this podcast get you more
1: attention and more talked about, and people probably thought it was awesome, and he's probably getting cheered on where he could have just been. A guy battling for twenty first, first, with just dollars or something. You know what I mean? I think at least it seemed cool and fun, and it's probably, cool it probably stuck out. and fun, and it's probably stuck out. And and on the other side, I don't even know how much better it would have gone. Like what's like what's a few more points? Mm-hmm. Is it going to change his life or is it his health It changes life or change his health Question for JD on this though: What's the bigger? Which class is it the bigger disadvantage? in?
2: Oh, this one by far. Sorry, oh, to, yeah. sorry to interrupt. The, the but small bikes for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would figure that because we know how important power is in that class, but I didn't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at the, the 250Fs, and we're not even going to talk about torque, which is a huge factor on those bikes. The, the factory yeah. for, the factory 250s are in the, the 50 horsepower range, 51. I've heard even bigger numbers than that. Uh, you're talking about a really, really, really good 125 is like 39. You know, like, yeah. it's just not even close.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I just uh, I mean, yeah, great job by him again. I, I sound like an asshole, don't I? But I'm just you know.
0: Well, I, I actually agree. I think it's if you're going to spend the money and put all that work in and go out there and just right go out there with one hand tied behind your back, you know? No,
2: you're you're a circus freak. That's what you are.
0: You're, <laughs> you're a circus freak,
2: and you're like, hey, look, mommy, look, mommy. You know, look at the bearded lady. Look at the look at the boy with the lobster claws for hands. <laughs> I just, I I would want to do the best I can do as a racer, and I would want to earn some money, get some points, you know that kind of thing. That's my mentality. But yeah, I agree. So it's guys like Wygant, though. Celebrate the freaks. So
1: me and everyone else on social media and all that, who are <laughs> and uh, the guys on this podcast too, brought it up because he did it.
2: Right. That's my proof. Yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Whatever. Uh, I so get here's it.
1: What you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Next time it happens, do not talk about it.
2: Just refuse right. to acknowledge it? Yeah. Do that. All right. That.
1: Well, refuse I refuse d- to acknowledge it so then you can prove your point correct right. that it doesn't actually gain anything.
2: I announced in the tower for practice during practice with Greg White and Lurch, and I brought it up.
1: You see? You see? So. You're proving yourself wrong. You need to stop this. Boycott. You need to boycott talking about two strokes then.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Hayden Melrose, uh, one week after uh, doing really well, uh, crashed hard and uh, didn't do well. And Daniel Baker, JT, this kid is killing me in my fantasy. He's killing me. So. Your fantasy yeah, team? Yeah, well, did... I so, – In my fantasy, in my mind, and my fantasy team. In general, wow. So. I have to t- oh, wow.
0: Well, I have to tell you, this is what I started the season talking about Daniel Baker, was go real fast or crash. There is no in-between. Mm-hmm. So –
2: Yeah. I love how Unfortunately, the people that's kinda of what it is. I love how the people that, that like we have our NFAB Fantasy Moto podcast dealing with Moto Dynasty and Motocross fantasy and J T and I like to dish out advice and we talk about it and, and you know, just like everything, sometimes we're we're bang on and sometimes we're we're off. And but I love the people that are like you know, they get like, Oh, Nick Gaines, you you know, you guys said stay away, well suck it, he got twentieth. Okay, well, good job. I mean you know, like
0: Well that's what I that's what I actually tweeted back,
2: is like you keep picking him. Yeah. And I'll not keep picking him. Oh, and we'll I didn't see, see how that. it turns out. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see where you yeah. replied to him. But it's just like, come on, guys. Like, whatever. What are we – we actually know what's going to happen. Like, we're just guessing, you know, off our knowledge of the sport. So, whatever. All right. Uh, btosports.com, RaceRx podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Anything else, guys? Uh,
1: I think watching about your interactions with uh, Cinturillo at the end. I think I've actually figured out your Osborne thing. I think I've figured it out. What do you mean? Um yeah. Okay. So you become friendly with these guys, and then your way of showing friendship is to um, insult them. I think it's a personal problem that you have. Why? I figured it out.
2: Why? What did I? Ins- uh, what? Okay.
1: So I, I see uh, Central at the end of the day, and I'm interviewing him, and then you're planning to do an interview too. Mm-hmm. And you are trash talking him during the interview. During the interview, you're saying, "Whatever, man. You were 14th the whole moto. 35 minutes didn't even move up. Good job. Didn't even move up. Just stuck in 14th the whole way." And he's like, "Not the whole 35 minutes." You're like, "Nope." We're making passes. We're coming through. He wasn't. How was that second moto? How would that second go? Just taunting the man. Wow. I mean, it, so, Yeah. Is your buddy? And I think when you become friendly with the guys, this is how you lash out. I don't know if it's a. It your parents, or yeah. your upbringing, right? Um, something jealousy. Socially, uh, maybe you're overcoming some sort of shortcoming, right? Uh, sorry, are but um, <laughs> jealousy this is what you do to your friend,
2: right? Jealousy, right? Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: JT I, I, JT, I believe you felt this wrath.
2: The it. Oh, I, I feel it daily. I, <laughs> look, I am just, I am just, the, the, the tennis ball has been lobbed to me, and I am just giving a forehand Roger Federer right back to these idiots. That's the way it works. So, you know, they say, beat it, Tubby, your media sucks, your show sucks, I hate you. So all I do to these guys is just go Federer forehand right back at you. And unfortunately, you know, you weren't there, Weech, for the you know, for the forehand from AC or Osborne or these guys, and I am giving the forehand back. So what's, okay. what's really disappointing is the number of riders, industry people, mechanics that would not acknowledge the Kelly Smith Steve Mathis win in two thousand, did not know about it, didn't want to talk about it, didn't want any advice on bike setup or anything. And that's disappointing. Fifteen years ago, When Adam Cincirillo was three, he (laughs) how disappointing! How 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 shocking is that, JT? When you think about that, horrible. Adam Cincirillo was three years old, and you and I were at High Point in 2000, and we can remember it like it was yesterday. Did Pookie think he was hot when he was three? (laughs) I don't know. Um, All right, everybody, that's it. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, and enjoy your off weekend. What do you What do you got planned? We NASCAR.
1: Of course. That's actually true. No, I know. That's actually true. I got to go to a a touring series event in Langley, Virginia on Saturday. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah.
2: You with Ralph? But I think I've been pulled off.
1: There's a weekend off after uh, Red Bud, and I think I've been pulled off of that day. So I actually will have that weekend without a race. Mm. Very excited.
2: Will Ralph be there? Yeah. Will Ralph be at this NASCAR race or uh, whatever this is? Not at this one.
1: Not at this one. But uh, at some point, there will be be the Super Team. It will happen.
2: Oh, I can't wait. All right. Thanks, so we're guys. Waiting for it. Appreciate it. See ya. See ya. See ya.
0: This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days
1: and the months and the years go.